Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ruby for All. Hey, Julie, what's up? Hey, Andrew. I wanted to hear more about Bridgetown. Can you talk to me about that today? Yeah, so I love Bridgetown. This is an aside before we kind of get into what it is. Bridgetown has brought me so much joy over the past kind of two years that I've kind of gotten to play with it. And I just wanted to call that out because it's something fun I do on the weekends or in the evenings. And I play with Bridgetown sites and build stuff and kind of see what I can do. This topic brings me so much joy. Like I'm very excited to talk about this. But in essence, Bridgetown is a static site generator. And it's a little more than that, but that's at the basic. It really is a next generation progressive site generator and full stack framework powered by Ruby. All these static site generators these days are like, or they're getting a little bit different now, but when I was first building my sites, like which flavor of React would you like to use to build this static site? Uh, Can you explain what static site generator is? Yes. A static site generator is a tool that kind of generates a full static HTML website based on raw data and templates. And so if you've ever gone and built a website without any framework, any, anything, it, like you have to write all the HTML like by hand. And then for the next page, you have to copy your head element into the next page. And then you have to copy all styling or elements or whatever into the next page. And you have to do that for every single page. And what a static site generator allows you to do is have a lot more reusability so that you don't have to write that head element every single place. And you don't have to copy your nav bar into every single page. It allows you to kind of like use some of these like ideas that we have. I'm going to liken it to Rails because, you know, we are Rubyists, but kind of the idea of like in Rails, you have a layout, the same thing in a static site generator. You may have a layout that wraps certain pages and the same thing in Rails, you can have partials or components. And that's the kind of the same idea that kind of translates to these static sites where you can either render kind of partially type things or components or, you know, depending on the generator that you're using. But at the end of the day, you're basically just putting in static content and it is then generating a full HTML website. That's what the browser can read. And it's also pre-built. So like in Rails, when I render a new page, it goes to the server and gets all that data and then builds that page on the fly. The static site, it's already pre-built. So it's really fast, right? There's no server. It just requests the page. And it comes back with the full static HTML. A lot of them allow you to write Markdown for the content. So instead of writing all your blog posts with HTML, you can just write it with Markdown. And then the static site generator will convert that into HTML. Okay. So what's Bridgetown? So Bridgetown is a static site generator in Ruby versus JavaScript or Nunjux. And it is basically, do you know what Jekyll is? I have heard of it. So Jekyll is a static site generator that's also built in Ruby, but it's very, very, how do I word this the best way? It's very stable. Yeah, that's a great way. It's very stable. <laughs> so tons and tons of people are building their sites with Jekyll. It's excellent, but it doesn't really allow you to do without a lot of personal munging and like configuration and all these changes you have to implement yourself. It doesn't really do a bunch of things that I think in 2022 that we really want to be able to do, like have actual components or, you know, seamlessly integrate with new, these new build pipelines and stuff. It's not really legacy, but they're not really adding new features to it either. So that's why I think stable is a great word for it. And what Bridgetown is, is actually a fork of Jekyll, but it's, it's gone so much farther at this point that it's not even really fair to call it a fork 
even though that's how it started. Jared White is the creator. He basically was like, okay, I love building sites with Ruby, but Jekyll is not really doing all the things I want it to. And he eventually hit that, that fork button and Bridgetown was born. And it, he's basically gone in and rewritten a lot of stuff, fixed a lot of things that, you know, he found personally, like wasn't like the way he wanted it to be in Jekyll. But then he started adding all this new stuff on top of it. And I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about. But before we get super deep into it, I do want to say, because my attention span is low. So I'm going to tell you for everyone who's like, oh, I really want to try this. All you have to do right now is in a terminal, type gem install Bridgetown. And then after the gem is installed, you can do Bridgetown new. And then the name of your site, just like a Rails app. So if I was going to create a site for us, it would be Bridgetown new Ruby dash four dash all space. And then you can supply a template language and you can supply any bundle configurations. Don't worry, I'm going to get into what all those are. But when I spin up a new site, I type Bridgetown new site name dash T for template ERB, because I always want to write an ERB and dash C for the bundle configuration Tailwind CSS, which will automatically add Tailwind CSS configuration. So I said a lot of things right there and we're going to, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what they all mean, but it's really, it's, it's built on Ruby. And so it's kind of engineered to be for Rubyus and kind of make sense for Rubyus, which I think you, so you can draw a lot of parallels to how the things in rails that work, the way they work to how they kind of work in Bridgetown, maybe not as the way the code works, but like kind of conceptually as a builder, but it's built on Ruby, Puma and Rhoda. And What's I think a lot Puma of people know. Yes. Great question. Puma is something that most people probably are familiar with the name of, but maybe not know exactly what it is. It's basically, it's a simple, fast threaded and highly parallel HTTP server for Ruby and rack applications. And Rhoda, this one, I, it's a little bit harder to define because I couldn't even, I had to look up exactly what it was before this episode, but it's a routing tree web toolkit, <laughs> which means things that I, Basically, it's a way to kind of build fast, maintainable web applications in Ruby from a routing layer only. And I know this doesn't even make sense because it doesn't really make that much sense to be, but it's kind of, it's all you have to know about it is that it handles serving all statically built site files in Bridgetown if you want it to with a, with the new server side rendering components that have been introduced recently, which we will get into. Can you explain so server basically, side rendering? Yes, I can. Server-side rendering is basically, so like I said at the very beginning, Bridgetown is all static, right? So I write my blog post and then I merge it into my repo. And then uh, I use Vercel. A lot of people use Netlify, you know, GitHub pages. There's all sorts of places you can host it. But I would then just deploy it to Vercel. And, you know, once it's deployed, it's live. It's got all the styling I want, et cetera, et cetera. That is statically generated. Server-side rendering is basically the server actually changes aspects of the page and it's becoming more common in the world where you have part of your site is static, but then there's are some pages that are actually kind of dynamic. So depending on the route and the parameters, it can actually change things on the page, even though it's static and it like, and our idea of static is, oh, it doesn't change, but this is basically saying the server can actually render things on the page. And that's kind of a more advanced aspect of Bridgetown that like you don't have to use at all. But if you want to, it can be very powerful. I'm not going to get too much into that because it's kind of complex and not easy to explain on a podcast. So that's what Bridgetown kind of is at like, 
a higher level. It's a static site generator built on Ruby, and it's powered by some tools that may be familiar with that are used kind of in the Rails ecosystem. And it's very, very powerful. So we're going to kind of get into the high level concepts of Bridgetown, more less so than like the intricacies of it. But it's basically, there's a few main topics to kind of think about, and that's content engine, componentized view layer, full stack ability, and modular front-end system. And so we'll get into each of those. So the content engine is basically the way that you write and create content inside of a Bridgetown site. So just like in Rails, if I wanted to render posts, I would that's basically a resource, right? Like posts is some sort of resource that I want my users to be able to get to. And that same concept <sighs> applies in Bridgetown. I have resources that they can belong to a collection. So like posts is a collection and resources would be the pages inside of that post or inside of that collection. You also have static data files, JSON, YAML, these things like that, that you could pull in data from and then access inside of your Bridgetown templates. Taxonomies, which is basically a fancy word for uh, different ways to categorize things. So like categories, tags, and then you can add your own maybe series like dev.2 has like a concept of series. So there's like different types of ways to add in these categorizations. And then there's relationships. So you can have relationships between these resources. And then there's basically ways you can dynamically generate this content at build time. What do you mean by relationships? Uh, let's say I am post, let's say I want to put every podcast episode that I've ever been in as a separate page on my website, right? So let's say it'll be slash podcast dash episodes. And then the, the slug would be the name of the podcast, right? So podcast dash episode slash episode 244 Ruby for all, for instance. And so I could create a, another collection called podcasts. And then in that podcast, it could be, you know, like the name, an image, the URL for the website, the URL for the RSS feed, any sort of data I want about the podcast. So then I could go back to my podcast episode and put podcast and then the name of that podcast record, basically. So it's kind of like in Rails where you're like, okay, um, it would be kind of a very similar idea to Rails where you have podcasts and then every podcast episode would have a podcast ID on it. This is kind of the same idea. So instead of having podcast ID, because we're not using a database, there's no IDs, it's using the name of the, typically the name of the file itself. So if I was trying to reference Ruby for all in the podcast metadata or front matter, I think is a better way to word it. Front matter is basically a little bit of metadata that you can insert at the top of markdown files. So in that, met, in that front matter, you could say podcast Ruby for all. And that way you can reference that podcast record inside of the template. So maybe I want to display the image of the, po the podcast cover art on the podcast episode page, and maybe a link to the podcast or some information about that. That way the podcast episode knows what podcast it belongs to, and then can access attributes of that record or that resource, I think is a better way to word it. Cool. Yeah. So th that part's pretty powerful. I've done a little, I can't, I did it literally the way I described it. We're having podcast episodes that have a podcast and that way I can get the album art or whatever, but not have to put it into every, so if I'm on, what's the podcast I've been on multiple times, if I'm on Brittany's podcast and instead of every time I'm on Brittany's podcast, I got to go get the image URL and I got to go get like, you know, the link to the feed or whatever, instead of that, I can just have a rec, a resource for her podcast. And then always, anytime I'm on it, just reference 
those attributes from the original resource. So it's a little, it's hard, it's hard to explain on, on audio, but that's kind of what it is. I would say that the Bridgetown has a really great website that explains all of these things. So at any time it's bridgetownrb.com for anyone listening, but that's kind of content engine and there's more stuff inside of that, but there's basically the ways that you can organize content, manage content and access data inside of your templates and inside of your resource. Just like in the same way that Rails controller, you can send down instance variables into it. It's kind of the same idea of like, okay, now because I'm in this specific resource, I have access to these specific variables that are that the resource knows about. So the really nice thing about Bridgetown specifically going moving on a little bit is they allow a lot of different template engines. And when I say template engine, when you start up a new Rails app out of the box, it has ERB and that's the template language, but you don't have to use ERB, right? You can use Haml, which I like. You can use Slim. Oh, there's all these other different things you can use. For static sites, traditionally with Jekyll, it's all liquid. And liquid is a, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know how to directly name what it is, but it's basically a, a template engine written by Shopify for Shopify stores. It's just a kind of a different syntax. It's, it's not, it's the same idea as ERB, but implemented differently of like, you know, you can do some logic and you can, you know, do certain things to your variables inside of the file. Um, like upper casing things and all that other stuff. So it's a way to do that. And that has been very popular. 11T also uses Liquid, I think, out of the box. And it's been something that people have been writing their static sites in for a long time. I don't like it <laughs> at all. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of frustrating to use, especially if you come from a Rails context and you're used to the way ERB works. It's, it's much more functional. Um, so instead of, oh, I just modify this variable right here, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you have to like chain all these things on and anyway, I'm not going to explain liquid right now. It's that, that could be for the <laughs> listener, but Bridgetown supports liquid ERB Serbia, which I'm not going to get into, but is a template language that Jared White actually created for Bridgetown, which is pretty cool to kind of address some of the shortcomings of liquid. I think, I don't know. That's not a direct quote, but that's what I think he's trying to accomplish. And you can also use Hamel and Slim. So for a Rails developer. That's why I said at kind of the beginning, you can spin up a site, use ERB as the template language. And then as a Rails developer, you're kind of right at home, right? Because you should know as a Rails developer how to write ERB. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I'm, you definitely should know one of the other ones like Hamel or Slim. Like I'm, I'm not, there aren't many people out there not writing their Rails app with one of those three. What about people who don't use ERB, but use a different front end framework like React with JavaScript? Yes. So... That is a great question. So Bridgetown is, you can do whatever, you can add React, you can add literally anything you want to it, but it doesn't make as much sense to add React. There are better tools for it, right? Because if I wanted to write a static site with React, I wouldn't use a Ruby-based static site generator, I don't think. I mean, you could, right? Like you could have like, if you have some parts of the page that you want to be in React components, you could totally do that. But I think if, if I personally was going to need React, I would probably just use kind of a React static site generator like Gatsby or Next or something. So to answer, your, to answer the question, no, it doesn't really provide out of the box a way to do that unless you are writing web components, which most people aren't. So I don't know if there's really a point in even getting into that, but you can write web components with lit with Bridgetown, but I'm not going to explain all that because I really can't because it's kind of complicated. Because so yeah, there's not a, oh yeah, you can just use, you know, JSX option. 
So it's really kind of just focusing on the Ruby-based templating languages and also Liquid. So the other thing, the big thing about Bridgetown that I love is that it has components built into it as a concept. So in Jekyll, for instance, you can't, you can, they have this concept of includes, which is the same kind of concept as a partial. So like I can include the footer on the page. So you can, you can do that in Bridgetown and it's, it works. They're literally called partials too. It works the exact same way it does in Rails. You can pass in variables to a partial and all that other stuff. So it functions almost exactly the way it does in Rails. But then you also have actual components because I think the best part about building like static sites with JavaScript is like in the React ecosystem is like you have component ecosystem of component structures that, that come baked in and you can kind of build things with components, which I am a massive component advocate and fan of, which we should maybe do an episode about that in the future. But Bridgetown like has Bridgetown component, which is their take on like a component system, but you can also use view component, which is the component framework for rails. That's very popular. And basically if you were to do something like that, where you're like, all right, I'm going to use view component in my Bridgetown site, then you could technically start pulling out components out of your rails app and just put them straight into your Bridgetown site. Or if you have a shared library, like GitHub has a library called Primer. That's their design system. And they have a view component gem. And so you can go, if you like type in Primer view component on Google, it will pull up their page and you can see like their, all their view components. And so if you have a system like that, you can literally use that in your Bridgetown site, in your Rails app, in your other Rails app, it doesn't matter. So I think that part is really, really cool. So, and it also, this is a newer feature and I kind of touched on it, but you can also create lit web component elements. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say that it exists because I can't really explain it because it's complicated and, and stuff. But to kind of move on, I think the biggest thing out of the box that's different with Bridgetown than something like Jekyll is that it has a modern front-end build system in it. When I mean, when I say modern, I mean, you can use Webpack or ESBuild. Webpack used to be the default, but recently there's been a push in Bridgetown to ESBuild which is way faster and I think better, although harder to use at the moment. I think if you want to really kind of dig into it, I think, I think all of us who are trying to convert to ES build are kind of experiencing like so many things you can also do with ES build. Is it that much better than Webpack? We're not going to get into that thoughts and opinions, but it allows you to kind of take, it allows you to use all these libraries. Like you were, you were asking about maybe using like react on the front end because you have a modern front end build system. You could pull in like what's like shoelace. Shoelace is a, a design component system built in web components. You could just add that. And instead of like writing all these components, you can just put like a shoelace component or like a React component system. You could just pull that in and just use that, right? Just like you would expect to use in a Rails app. So you have all these, a lot more power when it, when you, with a modern front end build system, and it allows you to kind of take, to really use like these modern like systems that more, the, people on like kind of the edge are using. It just gives you more stuff, <laughs> kind of. That's the gist of it. You get more stuff. <laughs> the last thing I kind of wanted to cover mainly is that there's a lot of plugins and automations kind of built into Bridgetown out of the box, which is really nice. And it makes like adding in things you want really quickly. So I'm going to run, I'm just going to run through the list and I'm not going to explain all of them. If you want to learn more about them, you can go to the Bridgetown website and check it out, but they're called bundle configurations. Basically, I want to be able to run a command just like in rails, you know, how you can certain gems, like you add the gem and then you run a command and then it like generates like an initializer and maybe like some style sheets or whatever it does. 
it's the same idea in Bridgetown of like, I want to add Turbo to my app. And so I can just add Turbo. Like Bridgetown has like all that set up and it will just automatically place everything where it needs to be for you so that you don't have to do anything. So they have plug, they have, they're called bundled configurations specifically. There's also a third like user or community generated plugins. I'm not, that exists that I'm not going to run into all the details of those, but they're basically supported basically. Like Bridgetown doesn't support them directly. They're, you know, just like a gem. Like I maintain some gems. So if my gem breaks, it's on me. Like Rails isn't going to come fix my gem, right? It's kind of the same idea with the plugin system. But for bundled configurations, they have Turbo, Stimulus, Lit, which is what we kind of talked about a little bit. Shoelace, which is the design system that I kind of like mentioned. Open Props, which is a newer kind of design system. Ruby to JS, which is a way to basically write Ruby and convert it to JavaScript. Post CSS, which is very popular these days. It also has a Tailwind configuration. So instead of like setting up Post CSS and then setting up Tailwind and then, you know, setting up this and that, it will just automatically do all that for you. Purge CSS, and then it has some testing stuff you can automatically add like Cypress or Minitest. And then it has kind of pre-built like configurations to deploy on a few popular services like Netlify, Vercel, which I actually contributed, and GitHub Pages and Render, which is a tool that is, or a service that is growing in popularity that I haven't really looked into. So there's all these things. So like right out of the gate, it's like I can spin up a Bridgetown website and I want to use ERB as my template language, and I want to add Tailwind, and I want to deploy to Vercel. So those are two, and I want to have Turbo. So I can just, when I generate the site, instead of having to add all these in separately, so to kind of summarize all of this, Bridgetown is a static site generator that you can use to build static sites. And now I'm not, we didn't cover this, but now there's even abilities with the stat. We, we did kind of cover the server-side rendering portion a little bit. There's ways to do that now in Bridgetown. So I'm not going to get into that. It's really cool. It's kind of an advanced feature that if you kind of need, you can definitely check out. But it's just a way to kind of maintain the same kind of patterns that you use when you write Rails apps, use them for personal static sites or not personal static sites, like for company site, anything really. And it's really fun, I think. And I don't know. I, Yeah, I think it's really fun. I think it's a great project. And really at the end of the day, I think it pushes more people it allows you to write Ruby. And I think if you're not as strong, if you like learned Rails before you learn Ruby, then I think it's a really great place to kind of experiment and learn a bit more Ruby. Like if you want to, like you can kind of like, you know, beef up your Ruby chops because you don't have Rails, right? So you have to like, oh, I just realized like this is actually a Rails method. Like this isn't a Ruby method. So it's kind of fun to be able to like, you know, you can really do anything you want with it. You can extend it as far as you want. Um, you can pull in data from APIs so you can like play with like Faraday or however, whatever kind of tool like that you want to use to like access like content on the web. Yeah, it's just a ton of fun. And I, I know I was a little scattered with this, but hopefully that is a kind of a good intro for it. Nice. I'm curious, what would be my first step if I already have a website up? Do I just spin it up by doing Bridgetown new, yada, yada, and then moving my content over? Yeah, basically. It's probably not as simple as that. It kind of depends on what you're using. If you're using 11T, then the move to Bridgetown is pretty one-to-one, I think. They're, They're very similar in a lot of aspects. If you're using something like React, if you have all your posts already in Markdown, then you are golden out of the gate right? Because you can literally just 
copy and paste all of those posts into your Bridgetown site. And Bridgetown comes with a post folder for you to like just put in posts and it will function like you would expect it to. That is a collection, a built-in collection, like we talked about earlier. And then it would depend on like I would assume if you're if you have a site that's in JSX and like with React or Gatsby or Next or something like that. Then you're going to have to do a little bit of conversion from like, okay, I'm going to move these JavaScript components into Ruby components. And maybe like this can just be a partial. And so little things like that. And just, but you can probably just apply whatever styles you're using directly to your Bridgetown site. So it's kind of, I would say the easiest way to get started is like you spin up a new gem install Bridgetown, Bridgetown new site name. And then I always go ERB out of the gate. So Bridgetown new site name dash T ERB. And then you can add any configurations you want, like that we just talked about. But yeah, then just put all your posts in there. And then what, when you run Bridgetown, bin Bridgetown start, and that will like start running the site on port 3000 or whatever. And you can look at it and be like, okay, so where do I go from here? Oh, I'll start copying in my styles, start copying in like my, my header and my footer, put all your posts in there. And yeah, I, it's, I don't, I, I don't want to make it seem too simple, but it's kind of like, once you kind of understand how Bridgetown works a little bit, I don't think it's, I've, I've converted a few sites over. I'm actually planning to do like a live stream with someone, TBD, to like take their site and convert it into Bridgetown and show them kind of how that works. So maybe in the future, there will be something that we can kind of point people to into how to do that migration. But yeah, just like you said, Bridgetown new, start your site up, co start copying your posts in, start copying in your components or partials or however you view or call them. And that's kind of it. I'm not really familiar with Tailwind's CSS. Is that similar to Bootstrap? Tailwind is similar in ways to Bootstrap. I, I'm going to say something controversial. Yes, it is similar to Bootstrap. People might disagree with that. I don't really care. The only real, the main difference is that Tailwind is all utility classes and Bridgetown, or not Bridgetown, and Bootstrap has things like card. Right, which is not a utility class. Like it's like a almost I'm gonna call it a component class because it it encompasses more things than just applying to a single element. But with with like Bootstrap, you can do like M or MX plus two, the same thing in Bridgetown, MX plus two or dash two, I says plus. So those kind of like smaller atomic utilities that apply directly to single elements, that is what Tailwind is completely made up of. And that's one complaint people have is like, I want a card. Well, that means you have to like add the classes for the card um, every time you want a new card. So that's why components are really big with rich, like it really is helpful to use a component system or you can abstract those utility classes. I'm not going to get into that part. But yeah, it's just a, it, it's kind of like a flavor, right? Like bootstrap, material, tailwind. It's just a different way to style your site. What if I told you I didn't use anything and I just used HTML and CSS? Then you're even better because you don't have to monkey with any weird libraries or weird dependencies or like getting things in the assets or none of that. You just, there, Bridgetown comes out of the box with, you know, an index.css file, I think it is. And, or you could use SAS if you wanted to, there's a configuration for that. But if you're just using normal CSS, you write the CSS the exact same way you do probably today. And then, yeah, it's no different. Cool. I'm really excited to try this on my own. My, my personal webpage needs to be updated. It hasn't been touched in a year. I, I love like something I do for fun, even though it kind of drives me a little crazy is like 
just messing with my personal site like on the weekends and in the evenings. It's I really enjoy it. It's kind of like a way to blow off some steam, but still kind of be in a like a learning mode. Because one thing I really like to do with Bridgetown is like experiment with my ideas around components because I have a lot of opinions on components and I like kind of try I build component systems in Bridgetown and I'm like, okay, would this work in a Rails app? Like, does this pattern scale or where does this pattern fall short? And kind of keep, I kind of keep iterating on that. So it's definitely like partially a learning tool, also kind of just fun for me. But like, I know companies are building their sites at Bridgetown. Marketing pages are a big one. So there's, I think you could do, I think I can do almost anything in Bridgetown that I kind of want or put my mind to. That's amazing. Well, listeners, I think we all know who to go to if we have any Bridgetown questions. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's it for us today. Thank you for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you for explaining everything, Andrew. Of course. Bye everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.